Oh, hi. Here we are again. Yep, we're back. And tonight's topic was, uh, well, hi, I'm Margaret again, and this is my daughter, Bridget. Hello. We're talking about interesting topics. Oh, I thought we should give an update on our lives. Oh. Like how we're doing. Well, yeah, there's not much new to report, I feel like. Well, I've been better. Oh, uh, okay. The end of the semester is nigh. And, you know, the mm. weather's getting better, so... It's true, the spring, and uh, I got real progress on the butterfly and bee garden. Oh, yeah, we... We just converted part of our backyard, well, really all of our back and side yard, into a, a meditation garden <sighs> where butterflies and bees are most welcome. It, before, it was just dying, yucky it, grass. It was just grass. It wasn't dying. Well, it was weedy. But now yeah. we have a nice garden with the clothesline going through. Well, yeah... <laughs> but it makes it easier to hang clothes up, and the clothes the clothes aren't always there. I would argue it makes it harder to hang clothes up, because you have to step over plants. You no. were just on grass. Well, Whatever. You don't hang the clothes up. So. I do hang the clothes up! <laughs> well, you haven't since we put in this side patio. We just put it in. I hung the clothes up this past week. Dad said it was better to stand on something that... Is firm underfoot when he's hanging the clothes. Oh up. well, when you're on the patio, but the the main the front line isn't on the patio. Anyway, today, what are we talking about? We're talking about homelessness. Homelessness, yeah, we we see it yeah. a lot around here, and well, not where we live. But. Well, not where we live, but when we go into the city. Yeah. And so, and the reason we're talking about this is because I had a little encounter yesterday. Yeah. So I'll tell that story. So I was going to Chestnut Hill to get a facial. At this very upper class place, it, it's in Chestnut Hill. Chestnut Hill is the wealthiest neighborhood in Philadelphia, right? Uh, well, Besides, like, you know, Rittenhouse Square. Rittenhouse, yeah. It's, but it's, it's, it's wealthy, yeah. It's a wealthy suburb, but it's within the Philadelphia bounds. But the houses yeah. are incredible. Yeah. But we live just outside Chestnut Hill. So I was going in to get a facial, and I, I arrived a little bit early, maybe... 10 minutes early so I was just kind of sitting in the car because the place locks the door I don't know why they do that but the your facialist is waiting for you there when like three minutes beforehand and you just go in and she unlocks it for you but they lock the door so yeah, so, so I was, there's no waiting room huh well there is but they don't really let you that you don't really sit there anyway um so I was going in get a facial and I was just sitting in the car and this guy was on the sidewalk and he was asking people clearly asking people for money he was overweight he was probably obese he was black and um you know not that old but probably 20s or 30s but he was asking people and you know people were just like no go away so he he made eye contact with me and he's like hi so I rolled down the window I'm like hi how are you and he's like hi he was Looking back, he probably was on something. He he was, he he talked very fast, mm. and he was high. He's like, can I can I just ask you something? I'm like, yeah, sure. And he's like, can can I, I need money? Can I tell you how much I need? I'm like, yeah. He he said I need sixty dollars. I was like, what do you need sixty dollars for? And he's like, he's like I just need sixty dollars. And I'm like, I can't give you sixty dollars because mm. I didn't even have sixty dollars. I had forty dollars in cash, maybe forty five. Mm. And he's like, please, please, God, God will bless you. I just need $60. I'm like, I don't have it. So I gave him $20. Mm. Because I was like, here I am going to a facial mm -hmm. that my parents are paying for. 
in a very wealthy neighborhood that I live in. And, you know, I've lived such a wonderful life. Why I can spare $20. So I give him $20. And he's like, God bless you. And then he asked for more. And I said no. And I, and he just walked away. And, and then when I came out of the facial, he was there again. And I didn't see him till I got in the car. I got in the car. And he came up again. I'm like, hi. And he's like, do you have any more money? I'm like, no, I don't. I'm sorry. And he's like, please. No. And I just said no and drove away. But hmm. he seemed... Desperate? Like, Did he seem... Of course he was desperate. Like, I feel I feel bad for them, you know? like. Yeah. Well, usually they don't ask for $60. It's, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, they usually ask for, you know, 5 to buy lunch or something. Right. I, I don't know. I give him $20. What do you think? Well, I, I, I don't know what to think. I mean, we don't know what his story is, and that's part yeah, of the I, issue. I, like, asked his name. It, it was, like, Verone or something. Mm-hmm. Um, Why he can't find help with institutional fr- methods. Well, I mean, you know. Yeah. There are so many homeless people, and they don't know where to go, and that's... Yeah. I don't think you can expect yeah. him to just... Yeah, it is a big problem. And I think it's worse with COVID because people are less likely to talk to them. You know, Was he wearing a mask? He was not. The second time he was. Mm. He was wearing a mask, but the first time... Maybe he time bought he... it with the $20 you gave him. Maybe. Um, yeah, it did look new, actually. It was, a, it was a throwaway, and it looked brand new. Maybe mm. someone gave it to him. But um, Yeah, that he... would be very Chestnut Hill here. Yeah. Put on a mask. It's so degrading to have to beg someone for money. Like, uh, you yeah. have to give a little mercy to them. Right. So, yeah, and we don't know, obviously don't know what that's like to be so down yeah. and out that, you know, you would go asking complete strangers for... For money. Like, that's awful. Yeah. And I, I don't foresee myself ever being in that situation. Obviously... Most people don't expect that, but, you know, I'm, I, I have a support system. If I lose everything, you know, you guys will always be there. And if you guys lose everything, we have family on both sides that are, mm. you know, willing to support us. Yeah, and if both families lose everything, the world's probably yeah, pretty well, bad shape. I think a lot of people are, you know, it's always in the back of their mind that what happens if they lose everything. Yeah, um, but that's never been in the back of my mind. Mm. You know, has that ever been in the back of your mind? Well, sure. I'm sure because you were pretty, you were poor yeah. growing up. Yeah. I mean, Dad actually had an experience where he was homeless for a little bit. Yeah, in grad school. In grad school, yeah. I think a lot of people see it as a distinct possibility. For the same reason, like you say, if you lose everything, well, it's kind of humiliating to also have to go to your family right. and ask... You know, they would have to know. Yeah, see, or, I wouldn't be humiliated by that. Well, if you have parents that are, you know, set up and you're yeah. getting along with them. And I have them. a good relationship with you, but yes. yeah, you're right. But, I mean, if you if you if you don't have parents around and you mm-hmm. lose everything, it, yeah, it's tough to go to other family members and say, look, I, I need help here. I just feel very lucky. Oh, well. I'm and, ready. you know, I wasn't going to spend that $20. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, you know, I just don't know. When I see homeless people and they're obviously need money or they're begging for money, like I'm more likely and I feel bad because I, I haven't done this a lot, but I feel like when I go back to the city, I would do it more. I'm more likely to give donations to people like street entertainers, right. musicians who are playing 
the saxophone in the uh, yeah, in you the never, subway. I feel like you never do that. I know, I know. You always just walk by them. Well, I haven't always, but yeah, yeah. there are times when I certainly Lucky Bob in uh, Boston. We well, we he donated to. <laughs> he wasn't short. I feel like he had yeah. a whole crowd. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, he was doing okay for himself. I think. I don't know. Um, I I would so I just think I would love to be in a position where um, obviously everyone would love to be in this position, but where if someone asks you for money, you just empty your whole wallet. Like some people do that. I know. Right. Like they're so well off and so generous. Yeah. And I just think everyone should do that. Like if you're in, if you live in Chestnut Hill, and I don't know, I can't tell people what to do with their money, but. Right. Well, the, the I think one of the issues is 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 it really helping this person to give them money? Because I know. Because a lot of them are in addiction. Not right, all of them, granted. But, but, you know, but in this case, the guy needed a very specific amount. You know, usually they don't ask for such a specific yeah, maybe, amount. Maybe he needed, needed, I don't know, to pay his rent or something. Yeah, maybe he needed, he was just short $60 and just needed to get over that little. I mean, as I've said before... Whenever people ask me for bus fare, I usually try and give it to yeah. them. Because, you know, somehow yeah. they find themselves somewhere uh, and they can't but, get back. Yeah. They were stranded. So if they ask me for bus fare, and it used to be a lot easier when SEPTA had the tokens. Oh, yeah, you just give them a token. Because, yeah, I, I don't know how many tokens I've given away to mm-hmm. school kids. And, you know, and I was that way myself when I was in high school. You just needed like, to get around. Yeah, the tokens got you around, but if you conserve them, you know, then you could... Uh, my mom gave me $4 every week, two for lunch and two for tokens. And if I could conserve the tokens, she'd still give me that money. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so we were always... I was always trying to save on tokens. So, yeah. Anyway, but, getting back to the point that you said, like, you, you don't know what they're going to use it on. Yeah. I don't know. They're, they're already begging for money. What's... Uh, like that's a good point that they might use it on drugs, but you, or you alcohol, have yeah. yeah, but you have to have a you know positive look on humanity and what I feel like if I were in that situation, I wouldn't want to explain myself to someone that I'm already you know being so vulnerable in front of. Right. Really. I mean, there's this issue, of course, that if they su- successfully beg for money, then they're perpetuating their own... They're just going to stay in that situation. Yeah. yeah, they really... I feel like they need more help. But, yeah. I mean, you know, maybe not. Like we said, maybe the $20... Maybe your act of kindness made a difference, and but we'll never know. Yeah, maybe I should have stayed and talked to him a little more. But, again, I think, again, I think that's part of where COVID comes in, because I don't want to stay and talk to someone <laughs> for 10 minutes. Right. You know? Right. I do think a lot of them need just socialization back into the kind of normal world. Yeah. Well, mm. I, I talked, I sh- um, there's this um, YouTube page called Invisible People, I think what it's called, that's it called. And um, this guy who used to be homeless, um, I don't really know his story, I just know he used to be homeless, goes around and interviews homeless people. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, I, they're usually on the West Coast, but in cities all around, and he just, like, hears their story, and sometimes he, he follows up with people who got out of homelessness, and millions of people, the, the videos get millions of views, mm. so, um, I, it's really interesting, because, you know, everyone has a different story, and the, a lot of the people were, got, uh, lost their house in the 2008 crash. 
Right. Um, right. And I'm they sure. They out loans. And, yeah, no, there, there's some sad stories out there. You know, l- little families living in tents because, yeah, they've lost their yeah. house. People who actually work and have jobs, but they don't make enough to yeah. pay rent anywhere. Or just, they can't find. Or, or just like you said, kids who don't have the parents. And right. And didn't do, you know, didn't apply themselves in high school, which a lot of kids don't. Right. You know, but. Some kids they don't didn't have, apply themselves and also don't have parents to support them. So anyway, yeah, they we'll don't turn. have a support system. Okay. So, uh, well, you, you should we talk about your experience with Project Home and uh, yes. also the mission trips and how they compare? I mean, they're not homeless, obviously the mission trips, but they're in extreme. Po- they were in extreme poverty. Um, so in um, summer after freshman year, there was an ad in the church bulletin for a, pro- uh, a week with Project Home. Mm-hmm. And Project Home is a an or a nonprofit in Philadelphia that basically subsidizes houses housing for homeless people and tra- and tries to work to get them out of homeless. Thus, Project Home gives them homes. Right. So I did a week with that. It was like a high school camp, I guess. You paid for it, right? I think there was a nominal fee. Yeah. Yeah. So I went in every day for two weeks to. Uh, a neighborhood that you didn't think was very safe at first. Well, all of these neighborhoods have... But it was by some... Temple. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, what was it called? Uh, well, the Fairmount. Fairmount, that one was Yeah, called. actually, some, of the, some parts of Fairmount are, you know, gentrifying, which is part of the problem. Yeah, actually, I just learned about gentrification in uh, my sociology course. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. I can give a little synopsis. Gentrification is when contractors, like people who build neighborhoods, come into poor neighborhoods, buy all the property, build it up, and sell it off for profit to wealthier people. Mm. So the poor people are kind of left in the lurch. They can't pay for their rent anymore. And they've been in there, they've been in that neighborhood for the, their whole lives, but now it's they don't recognize it anymore. So that's what gentrification was. I didn't realize it's a big problem in D.C. Is it also a big problem in Philadelphia? Well, yeah, I think it is. With I think Fishtown that's, and stuff. Yeah, those yeah. areas. And Fairmount um, is gentrifying down in South Philly where, you know, my bridge buddies live. That's a, Right. And, you know, you when you're on the wealthier side of it and you're looking for a home, it's good for you. You don't really realize. Well, I mean, it, it's, 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 it's a double-edged sword. It's bringing, you know, it's good to bring the neighborhoods up and bring property values up. But then if, yeah, property values get too high then yeah the the poorer people can't afford to live there so project home we heard stories uh there like guest speakers came in who there i remember there was a guy who was imprisoned and then he was homeless and he came in and project home helped him and then we went to one of their buildings and talked to the residents there and but and we went to the eastern state penitentiary one one day i don't know i don't I didn't get a lot from it, in part because the kids I was doing it with it were mostly from the main line, and I was kind of a little perturbed, is that the right word? Perturbed. Perturbed. Yeah, I, I don't know, and it was, it was fun, I don't know, but it, it made me, made me more familiar with the city, not with the problem of homelessness. Hmm. Um, and we, we visited, I think we visited Kensington too, and we talked about drugs one day. Um, but yeah. And then the mission trips, 
that's when I went to West Virginia the one year. And I forget where I went the second year. So basically we just, that was with my uncle's church. And we went to um, very poor parts of West Virginia. And we basically like did construction on their house. So that was, that was kind of just helping one family, you know, have a better better situation even though I'm not really sure if we really did that much because we just built a deck for a family onto their their trailer home you know there's trailer park homes but so I don't really know but we we had a little bit of a relationship with the family that's where I got my gooseberry bush I thought that you helped uh, a bathroom one of the years you helped fix a bathroom oh or? that might have been the same year yeah maybe yeah. I just cleaned it Mm. But, um, I don't know how I, I, I don't know how I feel about all of it, because it, there's this term, like, voluntourism, but it's not really the same thing, because voluntourism is when you go to places around the world, and you mm. want to, you know, travel, but you also want to feel good about yourself, so mm. you're, like, volunteering, but you're not really helping, um, but it, it's like, did, were I, was I just doing it to feel good, or did I actually help? yeah. I got the sense at the time it happened that, you know, some people, some people were very grateful for the help you got and then some, for the help you gave, and then some people were just, eh, whatever. Turning up their nose, yeah. But I feel like there was a couple of families that you really helped that were very grateful. So, and then the mission uh, in Project Home, did you think you went to one of the shelters? They don't have shelters. They have, they have a, buildings with apartments. Oh. So those people live there. We played bingo with them. Mm-hmm. You know, like, what's that doing? <laughs> I don't know. Well, I think a lot of people just need a little companionship. And What are your experiences? With homeless people? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, when I was working or uh, going down into the city every day, I saw them all the time. So, and I'm sorry to say that, you know, you can't, you realize there are so many of them, you can't help them all. So usually I just did what most people are doing, which is ignoring them. Um, there are times when I was in, sat down and I think there was at least one time, well, there were a couple of times when people came up to me as I was sitting and, uh, they asked me for a little money, or they just begged, please, and they looked very hungry, and so I would I would give them a few dollars. I remember though one time. Wait, can I can can we talk about because some people um, say I won't give you money, but I'll buy you food. Yes. Can we talk about that? But I want you to remember your thought. But um, um food isn't the only thing they need, you know. Right, like they, they might need, need a razor or something. Or, like, a toothbrush or toothpaste right. or, you know. Right. Um, so, I feel like you shouldn't just assume they're buying drugs and that they need food. You you know, sometimes they just need money. Right. Um, also, I think when I saw this on the U Invisible People YouTube, but um, it's not, in a city, it's not so hard to get free food. Because mm. restaurants throw stuff out in the dumpster, and people throw stuff out in the trash. And mm -hmm. not that you want to be trash picking food, but so it's, it's not the hardest thing to come by. Meanwhile, like no one's gonna throw out a toothbrush, and you want to use that. Right. 
Um, right. But there's a bunch of stuff that you need. Like, sometimes they just need a blanket or right. um, socks or shoes. But um, right. what were you going to say? Well, the last time Dad and I were in the city, we were walking through. I mean, a lot of pe- a lot of the homeless are just lying on benches. They're not actively, you know, begging for anything. They're just right. they're just lying there and not really uh, inter- trying to interact with people. So joyless. Yeah, yeah. That's a sad. That's a sad state, and they they kind of just want to be left alone, but. One time, Dad and I were walking through Logan Square in downtown Philadelphia. A guy was lying on a bench, and he had a blanket that said "University of University of Pennsylvania's Parents Association," which was kind of ironic, you know. Yeah. Like he's sending his kid to Penn, and he's lying on a bench. But uh, there was one time. I'm Did pretty... you talk to him? No, he was sleeping. Oh. Okay. Like you know. He was... I'm sure he he just you know. Someone, yeah, yeah he someone found just that gave it to him. Or <laughs> he's something. not actually a pen parent, um, but uh, I, I think this has happened more than once. That we were walking through the city and and someone approached us and begged us for a nickel, mm-hmm. and he said, "Please, please, I just need it, just a nickel." And I knew this guy just by looking at him that this guy was in addiction, okay, serious opioid addiction, like. And he just... How do you know that? You're you a drug can, expert? You can... I think you can how tell. Did you t- no, how did you tell? Was he shaking? Was he sweating? He was just very gaunt, very thin. Um, oh, The okay. look in his eyes. Um, yeah. I mean, you're right. Maybe he was just sick. I mean, he no, looked I'm, sick. I'm sure he was, he was in a sorry state. And I'm sure he yeah. really just needed a nickel to feel better. I think he was trying to collect enough... Um, for for drugs, fair, but fair. to go to Kensington, right? But you yeah. know, the um, again on this YouTube pitch, which is not where I get all my information about homelessness, but I think it's good because you know it's not filtered; it's the homeless people talking. You know, mm-hmm. but there was one guy who was oh very open about his addiction. He's like, if I to kick, they call it kick, and he said it's very hard. I've tried to do it, but it's really hard to do it on the streets. Because, mm. you know, you're you're bedridden for, like, eight days or something. Mm. And, you know, if you try and do it on the streets, it's very dangerous. Mm. You know, it's so, so sometimes it's, you know, continue to your addiction or die. You know, what's... Right. Like, that's a little... You know, that's not for you to choose. <laughs> um, but, anyway, let's continue your story. Yeah. Well, that was just if for... Did you give him a nickel? No, I don't think I did. I probably didn't have a nickel, you know. Well, did you give him a dime? I don't think we gave him anything. No, we were... No. We, uh... You think I should have... Well, if you think about that, like, you beg someone for a nickel and they don't give you a nickel, that's got to give you a pretty bad view of humanity. You know? Yeah. They got to be real cynics. Yeah. I, I assume... Well, yeah, it's not a person I really wanted to interact with um but yeah I, I guess in retrospect it would would it have helped him to get if I'd given him a nickel I don't know I'm sure someone else gave him a nickel maybe or you can just find that on the ground somewhere, yeah but. usually why do you think it's such a difficult problem well there's a few reasons um I've never seen it talked about on a debate 
or on like the talking heads on Sunday morning. It's not on the political agenda, it doesn't seem. Like it's always nonprofits trying to help. You know, it's never uh, the government, I feel like. Mm. Don't you agree? Yeah, it doesn't get a lot of... Meanwhile, I mean, the local governments are, are steeped okay. into it, but the federal level... Well, I don't really pay attention to local, which I probably should, because I... Yeah, I mean, there was this homeless encampment right inside, in front of the art museum in the fall, and it was in the local papers for a long time. It was a big deal. Yeah. Um, and they finally did resolve it, but it, it you know, the local... Philadelphia government was, that's all they were talking about for months. Anyway, um, another reason, housing is so expensive. You know. It's a big part of it. Like, you know, I have two parents with full-fledged jobs, and they had a tough time finding an affordable house. You know, like, and then rent in Lewisburg, it's like, for that house, it. What what do you think in Lewisburg for a one person apartment is? Like three hundred dollars? Oh, that's low. But that's low. Well in the cities where they have so much more homeless people have so much more benefits. A rent rent for, you know, a one person apartment is probably like a thousand dollars or five between yeah. five hundred and thousand dollars. How are they supposed to get that? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then getting a job is hard because they don't have an address. Um, right. you know, they don't, ha- like, they need clothes to go to the interview and stuff. They need to snot, not smell awful, which, th- of course, there are organizations that help them, but, um, they can't do everyone. Right. My, my, modern life is, is difficult. I know. It's, <laughs> there's a lot of hoops you have to jump through just to, just to get on your feet. And if, yeah, if it's not set up for you, I, I mean, you need your birth certificate to, to get a job, so... You know, a lot of people don't, that that's wiping out a percentage of the population I know. right I've there. been thinking about this a lot. And, like, how do I end up here? Like, you know, more than half of the world, I, I've been looking at, since I've been boarding class recently, I've been looking at, which is even a privilege to say that, I've been boarding class, who gets, who gets the privilege to be boarding class. But anyway, I've been looking at um, years and pictures of CNN, and it's so devastating. Yeah, well, you have to assume that, you know, there there is a lot of poverty in the world. Yeah, And that's, that's something that you have to come to grips with. There's also people living elsewhere in the world that are, are, are doing okay. Right. Um, yeah, poverty is, is difficult mentally, you know. Okay, what can we do to help? Probably just be more aware of the issue. I guess, like you said... What's that going to help? Well, be kinder to the homeless. Recognize them as people rather than just addicts or, you yeah. know, give them some humanity and recognize that it's not easy for them when they're begging for money, regardless of what they're begging, why they're begging for it. Mm-hmm. Um, just to Just to recognize humanity in them. I think that's a... That's a... Recognizing humanity is a... If, if people did that, the world would be a better place. Well, I don't argue with that. I don't like argue the with Derek, that. Like, the Derek, Derek Chauvin... Chauvin. Chauvin case... Uh, he was just found guilty. Yeah. And a lot of people, you know, on him are, like, slandering him. And, of course, he did... What he did is wrong, but... I feel for him. 
Mm. You know, like, that. that's awful to, you know, his life yeah. was just turned around. But mm. because of his mistake, I don't, you know, obviously I don't know him, but I want to give him the benefit of the doubt that he... He's not totally a rotten person. Yeah, and he, he's... I just... What do you think he's doing right now, sitting in a cell, facing the rest of his life, you know, the 40 years in front of him that he'll just, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And here where I am sitting in my closet, my walk-in closet, <laughs> with my mom filming a podcast, or recording a podcast. Yeah. Well, the American prison system is, you know, also, oh. uh, you know, a kind of not seen as a, a, an ideal way to handle or... What do they call the? You know, it's more about punishment than, uh, than rehabilitation. Yeah, yeah. Locking people up and throwing away the key. Now, I, uh, I do think there is a chance. There is opportunities for people to rehabilitate in prison. But well, it's they, again, it doesn't have a lot of political will behind it. Well, in in Sweden, is it? It's more like college, but with more rules. Or yeah, like they they have a dorm. And they have a TV with a few channels. And they, they can, like, if they have good behavior, they can go out and see family, I think. Yeah. And some of those socialist northern European countries. Right. Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, for very hardcore criminals who do very bad things, you think? I, I don't know, but I... It's more of, like, rehab. Right. It's for even, like, people who murdered people and raped people. You yeah. know, like, they have... They obviously have experts analyzing them. And, right. But, you know, that yeah. does, doesn't have the... People aren't pouring money into that that um, system in the U.S. No. People are pouring money into the guns that kill these people. <sighs> yeah. yeah. Well, you know, we're getting off topic here. I don't disagree with, with uh, yeah, the way things are not working so well, but... Um, the but, country has a torturous history with a lot of these things. I know, I know. But, I don't know. Should I move to another country when I grow up? A lot you know, of people do. But the U.S. has treated me well. I've had a great life. Right. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of expats out there, though. What's that mean? Uh, people who are living in another country, you know... Uh, like you move somewhere. Yeah, you go to Europe or Japan, you know, there's whole there's whole communities of Americans that are now yeah. living as expats. Because there. of po- po- politic politics? It's political or cultural reasons, you know, they just find life easier and more, you know, easier to deal with and more reasonable to live somewhere else. Guns especially is like you know, not even the police are allowed to have guns in Japan. <laughs> yeah, or Australia. Yes. Or, you know, so it's, uh, it, yeah, this country has a torturous history. with. Yeah, that's something I don't get. If people are like, I need guns to defend myself, but if guns were outlawed, then no one would have a gun. Yeah. But, like, you know, that's obviously a process in itself because there's tons of guns out there. Right. You know, yeah. Right. Well, if you want my opinion on this, you know, uh, part the problem is is it's it, it's folded into the D, what they call the DNA of the country. Mm-hmm. The country wouldn't be we wouldn't be here without guns. Right. 
you know, we defeated the 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 redcoats because of guns, and so it's it's heavily linked to this notion of freedom, mm-hmm. where most countries aren't like that. Most countries have been around have been around for you know thousands of years, and you know gunpowder was just something that yeah came late in their existence, and they would have been there. You know, well, the country wouldn't be here without slavery either. Or well, that's a pretty that's a very good point. I read well, an I no, yeah. I read an interesting. It was for school. I read an interesting article, um, for actually my engineering class, but. It was it was very it was New York Times I think it was called like the sixteen nineteen project which is the year the first slave came to the United States, and it it was basically talking about how you know the the United States was built on the labor of free labor of black people you know the mm-hmm. cotton the co- king cotton you know that's how basically most of the wealth came in right um with the South's agriculture and then the North also benefited off of that because they were um manufacturing all the stuff the south grew and you know like right and you know look how we're repaying these people right well their descendants yeah i don't disagree with the history being having some hard truths to face up to i i don't know where i stand on this concept of repatriation i i don't even know what that means that means compensating the descendants of former slaves for the work that was done Oh, that's repeat. I think that I think that's what that means anyway. Um, right. Well, I don't yeah. think we. I don't think. I personally owe anything to anyone, but it needs to be acknowledged that my life is what it is because what so many people had to go through. Right. A, a, lar- a large wealth of the country is based on. Yeah, slave but labor. it's it's not like I. I did anything wrong. Right. But I'm cautious saying that because, you know, yeah. I go to a PWI. A PWI? Predominantly white institution. Oh. I thought your institution would be more. I mean, I have no idea. I've never been there. I'm sure it's less, I'm sure it's more diverse than Mount. Right. Usually the city schools are tend to be more diverse. Honestly, I don't know. I'm assuming, I mean, it's, it you costs $90,000 to go there. Like, what do you expect? But I'm sure right. it's um, more diverse than Mount. Yeah. Hmm. I guess you, maybe, I hope you find out soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, we steered a little off topic there, but uh, it's all about the tangents, I guess. It's getting hot in this closet. <laughs> okay. Well... All right. Well, then we'll sign off. Uh, Thanks for listening, whoever you are. Bye.